With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hello and welcome to the MMQB NFL podcast. Albert Breer is here. I'm Conor We're going to recap the games very quickly towards the end of the show, but... As you guys know, this is a special report. <laughs> we're we're a couple hours away from the NFL trade deadline. Well, a this couple was, is a little loose of a description. It's like more like, I think, when you're where, where are we at? This? Like now 28, right? Yeah. Depending on when you're listening to this, the trade deadline is either about, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, it could be a couple it? of hours away if you let's do it on Tuesday. It could Tuesday. be 36 hours away or it could have happened 48 hours ago. So yeah. for our... For our friends living on, uh, for our friends well, those living are the on people the who want to dunk pond. on us that are going to go back and listen on Wednesday, right? <laughs> They'll be searching for, for, for stuff. That we- for our friends living in Europe who are in a different time zone, please call us and tell us what happened. You guys are already in the future. Is Patrick Sertan still a Bronco? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, all right, I'm going to ask Albert Breer. We're going to talk some burning questions here, and again, yep. we'll get to uh, we'll get to a very good Sunday. I'm in New York, uh, New Jersey area. The Snoopy Bowl was epic. One of the best Snoopy Bowls I can remember in recent Unbelievable times. Unbelievable conditions too. In a downpour. I mean, it looked like her, it looked like a, the way that like the coaches were dressed with the hoods up and everything, it looked like it was like a. They all looked like Jim Cantori out there. Everybody except Robert Sala, who uh, you know, and me as a fellow bald, I now understand that when you have the clean shave going on and then you put a little bit of product on the dome and it rains, it's basically like a car that just got waxed. Like the water just completely. It probably feels good. It feels really good. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I I stopped wearing a running hat when it was raining because being bald in a rainstorm is, is that enjoyable. It's a, it's a sensory experience. I guess I'm missing out. Well, I, I mean, I would still take care. But um, anyway, the one carryover, you and I were just talking about this off air, so we should jump right into it. The yep. Vikings got themselves to 400. Uh, it's a winnable division still, and they just lost Kirk Cousins with the torn Achilles. Um, there, I, I think that Kevin O'Connell can probably run this offense efficiently with a quarterback that, you know, does he need to go get Ryan Tannehill? Probably not. Is Ryan right. Tannehill going to operate that offense even effectively? I don't think so. Um, I had asked you uh, before the show about Colt McCoy. I mean, what are some other options here? I mean, where on the scale are we between we're rolling with Nick Mullins, which is a zero, to we're trading for MF and Kyler Murray, which is like a 10? I mean, I I think that they're kind of like battling with competing things here, if that makes sense. This is about as interesting a spot as I can remember a team ever being in in the trade deadline, because this is objectively a reset year for the Vikings, right? Like, if you look at the way they handle their roster in the offseason, they're eating about, I think, about 30 to $40 million in dead cap this year. They offloaded a bunch of veterans, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Eric Kendricks. They had other guys like Harrison Smith take pay cuts. You know, Daniil Hunter did a, a restructure. And so this was sort of like what I would say 2018 was in Buffalo, you know, with the Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean rebuild, where – this was the year where they were going to kind of eat it and reset and get younger and start to build around their younger core, guys like Justin Jefferson and Christian Derrissaw. And so it looked like everything was going that way through the first few games. 
and then they win three in a row. And one of those teams is against one of the best, one of those games against one of the best teams in the league in San Francisco. And so it's like, okay, like maybe you don't want to offload a deal, deal Hunter. Maybe you don't want to explore trading a KJ Osborne or a Harrison Smith. Then your quarterback gets hurt. So the business decision here is to really lean into your plan to reset this year, right? Like that's the business decision. The other side of it though, is these are living, breathing human beings who are playing for you. And they've played their ass off to get to 500. And you're trying to build a program and you want to build trust in that building. And you want those guys to believe in you. And the reality is for 80% of NFL players, they don't care about your three-year plan because they're not going to be there for it, right? So I don't know. It's just such an interesting thing, the position that the Vikings are in now, because on one side, without question, the right thing to do from a business standpoint is to go build draft capital and start building to 2024. But I can also see where Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensa would have it in the back of their head. We, maybe we owe a little something to this locker room. Maybe we owe a little something to the program that we've built You know, over the last year and a half. Maybe it's not worth the second or third or fourth round picks that maybe we can get because the culture, the, the, the foundation we built here is so much more important. And we don't want to put that in peril by putting our guys in a position where they feel like they can't win. Yeah. And so you, we talk about that responsibility curve and, you know, I think it's relatively harmless to go out and get someone like Colt McCoy. I think, I actually think, I mean, Nick Mullins, he played well for the 49ers. I think that he is a coachable guy. I think he still has another week or two before he can come off of the IR. I think he's got some time before he can come off the IR Um, or, or you have a rookie. Um, and so I don't know, I, I think that there's really no harm in not spending any capital and going out there and bringing in Colt McCoy, because I view that as almost analogous to, yeah, uh, you know, trading for like, who, who, who are you going to trade for? I Jacoby mean, I saw Brissett? the Kyler Murray thing floating around. Do not do that, Minnesota. I don't think they will, but like, no. the, I, the, I mean, now the salary cap the thing alone. Is like, you're not just trading for Kyler Murray. If you do that, you're trading for his contract and his contract is massive. And so if you're trading for Kyler Murray, what you're saying is, if you're O'Connell and Odafa Mensa, you're basically saying, I'm tying my job security to the guy. Do you want yeah. to do that? No. You know, I so- wouldn't. I wouldn't. Kyler is one of a handful of guys. Like, I think most established veteran quarterbacks, I would want to visit extensively with before I did something like this. And I highly doubt that the Vikings have time, although they probably have the means to take a private jet down to Arizona right now. Depending on when they're they're listening to this. Yeah. Um, (laughs) My advice to them would be to do that if that's what they're interested in. But um, no one, you know, I don't think that that decision, because again, we don't know if Kyler can play in another offense. We don't know if Kyler is what, Kevin O'Connell even wants, but the flip side. Somebody that, brought Albert, up an interesting point to me on Kyler. Kyler's run the same high, offense since high school. Since high school, and so, but 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 the flip side to that is, if you're the Vikings and you know that you're going to be picking 16, 17, 18, 19 again this year, twenty mm-hmm. somewhere in there is, I mean, at some point you have to get a quarterback, or right. or you have to. St- Tell yourself that Kirk Cousins was playing the best football of his career, potentially, and I don't disagree with that. Um, and we're going to run it back with him one more time, and then well, the year after that, go find a quarterback. And and that's the thing to me is like, I just look at like where the market was last year for Derek Carr, and how it took like a perfect situation for them to be a landing spot for him. Like the fact that his the coach from his rookie year, um, and Dennis Allen needed a quarterback, right? Like. And Jimmy Garoppolo, where his market was, again, it took like a circumstance. Like Josh McDaniels needed a quarterback. Um, and, you know, obviously those two had the experience together. Like it took circumstances for those guys to get real money. I love Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a really underrated player and has been a really good player for a long time. But at 36, 37 years old, coming off of a blown Achilles, is anyone paying him? Like you may not even have to pay that much to keep him. Yeah. You know, and I sort of view him again. I I know I've used this example with you before, and I I hate to beat it into the ground, but I think it's a good one. If you're Kevin and and Quasi, 
like, can't Kirk Cousins be what Alex Smith was to Andy Reid in Kansas City? Why not? I don't know why not, right? So I just look at it like I don't I, – I think you're better off riding with Kirk Cousins than going all in on somebody you're 80% sure on, right? Like, because if you go in on somebody you're 80% sure on, you wind up with Christian Ponder. EJ Manuel. Something right. like that. Yeah. And, and and right. So I think it brings me to a good thought, a good place, because in, in the broader scope of the trade deadline, like you and I thought, and with good reason, that this could have been a historic period of time for wheeling and dealing. The last three or four weeks haven't borne that out because a lot of these teams are getting closer to 500 and it's going to get harder well, the for problem them to is fall back. Team, too, no, one's, no one's really out of it. No like, one's out of it. Like the entire AFC, or fifteen of the sixteen teams in the AFC are now within three games of each other. Yeah, you know who the outlier is who, the Patriots. <laughs> By record, all alone is the worst team in the AFC. But every other team in the AFC is within three games of each other. What I mean, dumbass picked them to win the division? Huh. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to rub that in. That wasn't intentional. <laughs> um, but but yeah. but it but it is but it's it's it, it it's what it is. You know, it's like. I mean, even like the commanders, the commanders are three and four now. Um, we assume they're going to be sellers. I assume, and we'll get to them, but I assume they're going to be sellers. But I mean, if you're Ron Rivera and you're fighting for your job, aren't you fighting to keep the roster together? They look good. Yes. They look good on Sunday too. I yeah. mean, that, that you watch Sam those Howell first few drives. It's not yeah. Sam Howell's fault. <laughs> you yeah. Know? You watch those first few drives and you tell me that that team I'm act- I was actually just writing this in the power rankings. This is a hot take. You, if they're in the NFC North, they're in second place. Yeah. If they're in the NFC South, they're winning that division right yep. now, possibly comfortably. You know. I mean, that team has real pieces too. I know. Like real D line, real receivers, real offensive line. That offensive line allowed one sack yesterday against yeah. the Eagles. I mean, like a decent crew of corners. Like, if yeah, there's something to build on there, there really is, you know, like, I, know. I don't think that that team is that far away. So anyway, let's, let's, let's take the drone and we'll fly up to 30,000 feet here. Who, who is selling at this point? Because, you know, yeah. I know that, uh, you know, I did my nine dream trades that I'd like to see. Some of those I think are somewhat grounded in reality. You've been writing about the trade deadline for the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I still think the Broncos are, yeah. are wheeling and dealing. Who else do you think is still so, out there? So the Broncos just need picks and mm-hmm. everyone in the league knows it. And that's a result of the Russell Wilson trade and the Sean Payton trade like right. that. That's the bottom line. They need they need picks. They um, and so like they're going to listen on everybody. They will listen on Sertan. I still think it's highly unlikely. I was told last week that the price tag is going to be more than the Jaguars got for Jalen Ramsey in 2019, and that was two ones and a four. And Ramsey, you'll remember, was hurt. And Ramsey was, I think, a year or two older than than Sertan too. So you can see why you know, the asking price would be astronomical for Sertan. But I do think some contenders are going to sniff around. There are other pieces on that roster that are valuable. Justin Simmons, Josie Jewell on defense, I would say, are two guys to really keep an eye on. Um, I the the receivers have gotten a lot of attention. Judy and Sutton, I think, for the right price, either of those guys would go. The left tackle is an interesting one, too, and Garrett Bowles. Now, I think it might take a little more for the Broncos to get rid of him just because I think it's really hard to let go of a tackle, you know, because you, if you let go of a tackle, you can make yourself non-functional on your offensive line, and that's something that's much harder to reckon with than letting a receiver go. It just is, you know. So, But those would be some of the names that I think would be out there as guys that would be attractive. Um you know, the other selling teams, we talked about Minnesota, Daniil Hunter. I think if somebody gives them, you know, say a top 60 pick, um, I think they would really listen. Um, and then, you know, Jordan Hicks is another name as an off-ball linebacker with the Buffalo Bills, the Philadelphia Eagles. Look at him. Um, Harrison Smith, I don't think they would move him unless, you know, he wanted to be moved. And I, my, my sense is they get calls on KJ Osborne too, because he's in a, in a, in a contract year. And obviously they're going to have to pay Justin Jefferson and they have um, a first round pick invested in Jordan Addison. 
then Carolina, um, Dante Jackson's name has been out there. Jeremy Chin's name was. Now he's hurt, so it becomes much less likely he's going to be dealt. Um, and the big one with Carolina, uh, the, uh, Terrace Marshall, receiver at LSU, another one. Um, the big one with them is Brian Burns. Contract negotiations have gone nowhere with him. And he's in a contract year. Now, they don't have to deal him because they have the franchise tag. They could trade him off the franchise tag. But last year, the Rams offered two first-round picks and a third-round pick for him. And the Panthers turned it down. And he's still, I believe, 25 years old. So I just – if somebody comes and offers you that Rams deal for him now – with just half a year left on his contract, I think it's really they're saying, they're going to tell you they aren't trading him. But I think if somebody offers you that, at this point, it becomes hard to say no if you're not close to doing a deal. And I do think there's a pretty big gap. There has been at least a big gap in where they are in negotiations. How bungled does that Carolina situation look now from yeah. where we're standing? Because it's you know you could have had the Brian Burns deal done. You thought that you were going to sign him. You didn't sign him. And should now, you have kept DJ Moore? Should you have kept DJ Moore? Is your trade value on Burns somewhat torpedoed because of the fact that he doesn't have that extra year left right. on the contract? Yep. And so I just think if you're talking about chess and checkers, right? Like there's there's a guy up in Philadelphia that's playing chess, and then there's other GMs that are kind of They've been caught playing checkers. And I think that Carolina, I mean, and and w- for whatever reason, Brian Burns doesn't want to be there or if the money's not there or whatever it is. And if I were him, I would probably want to stay if I knew yeah. that someone like Ezra was going to be there for a long time because mm-hmm. that's going to suit my career. But there's all these other questions. Like if you were going to keep Evero, he's switching that thing to a 3-4. Um, are some of those guys even uh, around? You know, someone had brought up like someone like Derek Brown, right? Derek Brown, is, yeah. Is he going to fit? You're going to have to pay him now. And right. is he going to fit in that defense? Well, and do you think that Evero is even going to be around long That's the hard thing, though. To, that's the right. hard thing, though. You it's have like, so many big decisions it, to make. It, it's like with Evero, you don't know if he's going to be around. And this is where things get sideways because now you've got a general manager who's working for a different head coach, which you know I think changes things as far as how everybody fits and all of that. And so you know, you've gone through this reset and – it's weird because it feels like they they had a really good core that going into that last year with uh, with Matt Rule, right? Where on defense it was Derek Brown, it was Brian Burns, it was Jeremy Chin, who like for one reason or another hasn't been a great fit for Evero's defense before he got hurt. It's the young corner, um, you know. It's it's uh, you know like, like having a J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, and and Dante Jackson a corner. And then on offense, having you know Ike Aquanu and and DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. Now you've traded McCaffrey. You've traded Moore. You're at the end with Burns. It's kind of like you weren't a full on seller last year, but you did sell some pieces. Then you sold more pieces in the off season, and now it's like, can you win with this core anymore? Because you've removed those pieces. It's a weird spot to be in, you know? Yeah, um, I just. Um... You don't know. Um, and if you're Carolina, gosh, Frank Reich, even after a win yesterday, just looked so completely defeated up at the podium and they edge one out and, you know, he, uh, but you just wonder what he's thinking. I mean, he's already kind of taken a soft little elbow at the owner at a press conference. And it's like, you know, now with the changing coordinator, which I don't know how, you know, how much he had to do with that and, and, and how that actually ended up happening, but you got to just be standing there and, and now you're possibly going to trade guys from that roster and it's just like what am i doing here this is going to be this is way well, more than i bargained for and you I, know and i think like the the x factor there always has been how's the owner going to be involved in this yeah because the owner the owner affected some staff hires and in, in wanting to you know do what the niners did in like developing young guys and flipping that for draft capital the way the niners were able to with so many guys and yeah. like he is big on asset management, and I think that that's part of how you come to the trades that they've come to so far. So, like, how involved does he get over the next 24 hours in saying, no, like, I want picks. I want second and third round picks, you know? I mean, I think that that's a factor, too, in this whole thing. And 
I mean, obviously, it'd be at a different level if you're trading Burns, but there are other pieces on that roster who you can get, you know, like where you can get things. You know, you get, you can get a return for for Dante Jackson. You know, you can get probably something for, um, you know, for man, Terrace Marshall probably not so much, but you could. I mean, you may even still be able to get something for Jeremy Chin. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the ownership involvement there is really really interesting. In fairness to David Tepper, if I bought an NFL team. You bet your ass on trade deadline day, I'm in there. Uh, and I'm just, I'm wheeling and dealing shit because I paid $6 billion for the team and that's what I get to do, right? Like, we're all addicted to, we get into this because we played Madden. And every year in my <laughs> yeah. Madden franchise, everyone's a GM now, no question. Yeah. Every year in Madden, what I would love to do was I would win the Super Bowl with a bunch of undrafted free agents and then I would trade them all. And then I would get like the first 15 picks in the next year's draft. And I would, and then, you know, and so I would do like, if you're, if you're David Tepper, how do you not do that? That's just so much fun. You know, I was more like the Nick Saban of like, like the university of like Arizona in NCAA. That was kind of my thing was dynasty Mm -hmm. mode in, uh, in, in, in NCAA. I don't know if, I don't know how much you played around with that, but. Oh, for sure. I mean, dynasty mode was, um, dynasty mode. I mean, if I had to hold up the amount of time that I've spent doing things in my life that didn't relate to anything that had to do with a positive, uh, you know, or something like personal growth or anything, Dynasty Mode and NCAA would probably be way up there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was big on, I was big on like, you know, I, 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 I would always play my young guys. I would, I would recruit, develop, and play my young guys pretty quickly, you know? Put your young guys in single digits, maybe give them a cool visor, you know? Yeah. Some, some, some wristbands. And then, and then, you know, you run a good program and if you ignore the other people, they don't leave. Like, I don't know. I don't know how the, like the new NCAA game with the transfer portal is going to be bonkers because like you're going to be trying to manage. comes into play? Yeah. I mean, you know, what what are you going to do? Like, I, I, maybe that's why they delayed it. I don't know. But I mean, see, see the, 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 the expert move by me was getting my kid a PlayStation five for his birthday, like a year and a half ahead of NCAA coming back. Unless they unless they hold you hostage and they throw out a PS6. Oh, yeah, that would not you be You know what great. I mean? Yeah. Like, time, like Grand Theft yeah. Auto, like the new Grand Theft Auto only comes out on the new console. And then all yeah. of a sudden you got to buy a new console. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet.
And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Outside of Denver, I mean, New England has to be open for business, right? I mean, yeah, I, don't, uh, I, don't, I would say I mean, so. I can they actually have some decent veteran players like you would maybe want for like a sixth or a seventh round pick, so, a tight end, Ezekiel Elliott, you know? Yeah, I think that they have. Um, so they've had some stand up talks with other teams about Josh Uche, who had, I think, 11 sacks last year. Now he's more of like. look good in Jacksonville. Yeah, he's more of like a situational, I would say, pass rusher. But the type of player that um, the type of player that like could be a three down player in a different system. So they've had talks with him on him with other teams. They've gotten calls on Kyle Duggar, who's a really nice like hybrid safety. Both those guys are in contract years. I don't think they'd trade Mike and Wenu their their right tackle because I think again it's like sort of the same premise as Bowles in um, in Denver, where it's like if you take a really good offensive lineman out, a, t- a really good tackle out, it can make you sort of non-functional up front. Um, you know, and then, like, do they move a Mike Kosicki? Do they move um, a Jalen Mills? Like, there are some veterans in the player, on the team who've played a lot of football um, that could be of value to somebody else. But I think the, 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 the interesting thing about the place they're in is, does Bill want to do that? Because their personnel department has had all of these talks, Bill's so close to the Shula record. Is Bill really worried about what this looks like in two or three years? You know? Right. Yeah. So I think that that's sort of, with Bill still having his finger on the trigger there, like, do the Patriots, these moves get set up, do the Patriots actually go through with them? I think that'll be interesting to see over the next 24 hours. Yeah. Um, Anybody else that you, like, again, I mean, you know, I, I don't even think, you know, I'd, people asking me about the bears like i don't even think the bears think they're out of it it's weird because the bears so the feedback i've gotten on the bears is like (laughs) other teams are having a hard time getting a read on what they're doing because it's just it's like a lot of conceptual talks but not a lot of not a lot of like real like all right like well what would this cost it doesn't really advance um, now maybe it will over the next you know day, but they have a couple of young, like nice young pieces. Like Darnell Mooney would be an interesting kind of, you know, speed web speed type of option for someone offensively, a young player who's played some good ball. Jalen Johnson, um, you know, they're young corner. There are a couple of guys who are in contract years who played for a couple of different coaching staffs now. Um, you know, so I think there are some players that would be of interest in that roster. The bears just haven't shown a ton of interest in getting something done. They'll talk to you. They'll listen on anybody, but they haven't at least yet shown a ton of interest on moving on from people. Cardinals have Buda Baker, uh, Zach Ertz, James Connor. I mean, yeah. Uh, DJ Humphreys uh, would be interesting. Maybe just cause Hollywood Brown. I mean, if like, yeah, Hollywood Brown and DJ Humphreys are the two that's, that are interesting. Everybody needs tackles, right? And I just mentioned that thing with Bowles and Denver and with Nwenu and New England. Well, that doesn't really apply to Arizona because their left tackle of the future is on the roster, right? right? Paris Johnson's there. So, like, they could, if somebody came and offered something really good for DJ Humphreys, they could say, you know what, we should just do it because we could just flip Paris Johnson over to left tackle, make it work at right tackle for the rest of the year, and, you know, take what would probably be a pretty good pick for him. Um, Hollywood Brown, I think is an, is, is another one of these guys who, you know, if you can get something good for him, it's probably, probably the time, the time is probably right now to, to, to move him if you're not going to pay him. The flip side of this though, and I think this is really like, again, this is an interesting thing, similar to Minnesota and different in the record, but similar in that I think that they, They've played their asses off, and the record's not good, and the roster's not good, right? But like, I think if we all pay attention to the way that they've played through seven games, they're in every game. And it's not like this is what we thought it would be, which is them getting like routed out of the building on every, like, like every Sunday. So if you're those guys, do you want to reward the effort the guys have made that you have? By saying, you know what, we're going to keep you guys together. For the found, to, to, for us to build a foundation here, for Jonathan Gannon to build what he's trying to build and with his young coaches and 
you know, Drew Petzing, a first-year coordinator on offense, and Nick Rawls, a first-year coordinator on defense. We want to establish something here. We think you guys have done a nice job. We're going to keep you guys together and see where it goes. I think that there's some value to that. for the, for the, At least I, I know that they see it that way, that there's some value to the idea of that for them. And if you're the Cardinals, you're not getting, like, uh, I think it reminds me a little bit of the Texans, where I think everybody thought that that roster was built on kind of these one-year mercenary parts so they could build additional draft capital. I don't think if you're the Cardinals, you're getting a whole lot yeah. back. You know what I mean? And you also have, as it stands right now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You have seven picks in the top 101, and you have two picks in the top 11. You have three picks in the top 35. You're good. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, what are you? What else are you going to do with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve? 11, What else are you going to do with more than 12 picks? You have 12 picks. Um, now yeah. if, if you want 2025 capital, that's fine. And I could see teams, you know, it's still the greatest inefficiency in, in draft equity trading, right? Is that yeah. teams want the immediate capital. They want the immediate return, but you can get better stuff in 2025. Um, you just, cause you don't know what the team is. The other team that you're trading with is going to look like obviously. But, um, I always think that's a great deal. Maybe they're trying to build the cupboard there, but Cardinals, I could see them being quiet. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of, you know, and again, there's not, it's, it's sort of like, um, uh, it's sort of like dollar general after like eight o'clock. Like there's not a whole lot in there for you. You know, there's not a yeah. lot that you need in that, in, yeah. in that, in that place. The only I have other one more team, I have one more team. I think it's just kind of like laying in the weeds and, and, and I just think there are another one that's in an interesting place. That's the it giants. Means. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you about. Why isn't this team? So I, I mean, I was I was dropping my kids off at school this morning and I'm coming back and all the talk is about well I mean yeah, yeah I mean you can't get rid of Saquon why not why can't I don't why, understand why not I why mean why isn't if I'm a giant for sale sign in there Saquon Darren Waller Leonard Williams you can have a uh, Dory Jackson we're not going to pay any of these guys get something right. back for them I mean like I think like they're they're in a similar place as the Vikings. Like again, like I think that the the build for Joe Shane and Brian Dayball mirrors what Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi Adolfo Mensa are doing in Minnesota, which is like they were very competitive in year one, and this is sort of the reset year where they're they went into it with the plan. We're going to clean the cap out. We're going to come out of this with a full complement of of draft picks. We're going to have cap space to work with next year. All of that, right? And they don't have the winning like that's kind of hanging around their neck the way the Vikings do where the Vikings it's like, Oh, well, you know, we're, we, you know, maybe we can get in this year. You know, they don't have that. So if you're them, do you listen on Leonard Williams? Do you listen on, um, on, on Saquon Barkley? You know, you mentioned a Dory Jackson, you mentioned, um, Darren Waller, like they have pieces that could be of interest to other teams. Saquon's the one to me that, I don't understand why he wants to stay there that bad. And I, I, I get like wanting to be in New York and, 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 and I, I love guys who want to spend their whole career with one franchise, but this guy's not young anymore. Right. And he's been in the league for six years. If Buffalo calls and you go to like, you go to Saquon, why would Saquon say no to that? I mean, outside of wanting to, if you have family ties, if you have reasons to want to be in the right, area, but even then, like, like, even if know. even if it was family ties, like he's from he's from Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, he lives in New Jersey. Like, Buffalo is like what an hour on a puddle jumper away from both those places. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not you know, and 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 by that argument, I mean you could say, oh, Miami's only three hours away. You know, Carolina's only two hours right. away, and it, and it makes sense. It's just you know, I just and, think like I just think the idea of a Saquon going to Buffalo. I said the same thing with Jonathan Taylor earlier in the year. Like this would be like, this is like a dream trade for me because the idea of a Saquon going to Buffalo would settle down so many things there. If you had a guy who could kind of keep you on schedule offensively, help you manage James Young or James Cook, right? As your, as your sort of third down scat back to add another weapon, the defense has to account for that helps open up them some things for, 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 uh, for Stefan Diggs. I mean, if you look at that offense and now you're talking about going into January with 
Stefan Diggs, Saquon Barkley, James Cook, uh, Dawson Knox, a potentially growing by that point, Dalton Kincaid, Gabe Davis. I mean, holy crap. And so if you're the Bills, do you look at that and say that's worth a two? Just and if you're the, the Giants, and if you're Gi- if you're the Giants, and you don't know if you're going to re-sign the guy, and the guy's going into year seven anyway after this year, do you have to think about that, or do you at least go to Saquon and say, "Look, man, like we'd love to keep you, and we'll say no if you want us to say no," but the Bills came along and offered this. I mean, I think what Saquon has to realize, and and the Giants have always, I, I do think that there is something to how they behave as an organization. I do think they're a good organization. I do think they genuinely they, no, that's, care all about that the stuff, All that stuff's I, valid I think all true. that stuff's true. Now, all that said, guess what they said to Justin Tuck at the end of his career? Go play for the Raiders. Guess what they said yeah. to Hakeem Nicks after the Super Bowls? Thanks, buddy. Um, uh, how, how do the Saints look for you right now? I think, yeah. is that where he went? The Saints? Hakeem Nicks? Is that right? I think so. Yeah. He fell off quick. I Yeah. 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 But, you know, the Giants are loyal to a point. And I mean, I think the fact that, what was it? And again, it wasn't benevolent what they did, but reworking Saquon's contract on the franchise tag, I want to say was the first time that that happened. I had it in the article. Um, The first time that it happened since the 90s or something like that. Yeah, it was a long time. They do go out of their way for players, but... I think if you're Saquon, you have to realize that generally, you know, your marketability depends now on you becoming the linchpin of a Super Bowl team or a playoff team. And the Giants are not going there. And maybe they keep you around for a year and what, seven? I mean, look, he had a great year last year. What's Saquon Barkley's legacy as an NFL player right now? He's not a bust, but just. Got hurt a lot and, you know, had the one really good year that the Giants made the playoffs. And, I mean, if you're him, like, you have to look at it, too, and say, like, if this is going to be a two- or three-year rebuild and they're going to draft a quarterback in the next couple of years, am I am I going to be around? Am I going to be in a physical position to be the guy that I am right now anymore? I mean, he's going to be going into year seven next year. I'm presuming they don't make the playoffs this year, which I think that ship sailed, right? Like now we're talking about you're going into year seven and you've only made the playoffs once. And like you have an opportunity to go to a team that is at the very top of the league, right? In Buffalo. So again, like this is a hypothetical, but, and maybe it's another team that comes along, but I just look at that, man. And I'm like, man, like, can you imagine Saquon Barkley lining up next to Josh Allen in that backfield and what that would look like and how like that could affect so many different things for the Bills? Um, I get that you can't think this way, but if you're Joe Shane, if you're the Giants, if you don't move on from the players that Dave Gettleman overdrafted and overpaid, then there was no point in getting rid of Dave Gettleman. Like yeah. you, you have to pull the Band-Aid off here. Like at some point, like it didn't work. The experiment's over. Um, the only other, uh, you know, I do commanders- have. I've- we forgot one more. The Titans. The Titans. Okay, so Yeah. I had I had heard there's just not a market for Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Which sucks. Yeah, and I, I think it's like he's such a unique player. He's so unique to them. You know what I mean? He is. He's so unique to them. Like he's a great player, and we're all gonna remember him forever because of how unique he is, right? But that type of back doesn't really fit everybody anymore. And because of what Mike Vrabel was able to build, um, you know, going back the last six years, it was like a, a, a few things really came together where they were able to highlight Derrick Henry, get the most out of Derrick Henry, and have Derrick Henry in an ideal situation. But there are lots of offensive coaches out there that probably would feel, I guess, a little hamstrung in having like, to keep feeding Derrick Henry that way, the way you need to, to have him be his most effective, you know? So I had always thought, like, I thought, like, Cleveland would be an interesting fit for him, you know, just because of the way that they do lean on their running game and that there's some parallels there between what, like, Nick Chubb brought the Browns um, before he got hurt and what Derrick Henry brings the Titans. Uh, but he's not the only contract year guy there either, you know? Like DeAndre Hopkins, after the way he played on Sunday, if you're another team, do you make a call on him? Like, I think he could be an interesting pickup for a contender. 
Um, Christian Fulton really hasn't worked out at corner, but could be an interesting pickup for somebody. Um, they already traded Bayard, obviously. They're open for business on all their contract year guys. Uh, Danico Autry, you know, Tierra Tart. Like, there's a few guys on that roster where, you know, like, I, I think it could be a nice mid, there could be some nice mid level pickups for, for teams there. Maybe not the headline grabbers. Like we all see Henry, Henry and Hopkins as the as the headline grabbers. There are some other guys in that roster who can play and could, who could be of some value to some other teams. So I wrote about the buyers yesterday. I think this yep. is a much larger list. Um, so mm-hmm. I want to go down kind of what I have, and we'll just give a thumbs up and a thumbs sure. down, and we'll, we'll kind of talk quickly about this. But the first one – I think the Jets should buy not only because of this year, and I'm not talking about replacing the quarterback, but I think that they're in a two-year build. They're in a two-year window. And so you can almost do what some of the other teams can't do, which is you can shop for beyond the end of this year. Like Even if you are not good this year, the trade still makes sense because you have that two-year window with Aaron Rodgers. I think they should start hunting for some offensive line pieces because they're not going to be good enough to do that. Yeah. Would that make sense for them? Yes, 100%. You need a tackle. You need right. a tackle. So DJ Humphreys, I think, I mean, you were so desperate at tackle that you, you know, you moved Oliver Tucker out there and he got hurt, you know, like, so I don't know, like somebody like Humphreys could make some sense. And I think, again, like Arizona's in this unique position where they've got kind of their, their bedrock left tackle and their left tackle of the future is already on the roster. Right. So if you're the Jets, I think it's worth at least picking up the phone and calling Arizona about Humphreys. For sure. Um, Another one I have is the Dolphins. And I just think you're a speed oriented football team. It's a good roster. But Mm -hmm. Tyreek Hill, I I think that like he's going to be great for a long time. I mean, some of these guys like he's Tavon Austin on steroids and Tavon Austin lasted forever in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Tyreek Hill might last in the NFL forever. But speed is such a dependent thing and i think that if you're the dolphins you either need to double down on what you're doing or you need help i mean you obviously need defensive line help there's a lot of things that i think that that roster needs despite them being so good yeah and the titans i think again like that would be a team i would call i would call on on Danico autry who i think could be a really nice you know piece for them has been a really good player in the league for a long time a pro um and a guy you could bring in and maybe you know assimilate in um pretty uh, pretty quickly and, uh, you know, like, then I, I'd say, like, the Dolphins, do you do you want another piece of corner if you're them just to kind of give you give yourself some insurance with Xavier and Howard having been so banged up and and uh, and Jalen Ramsey coming back off of the knee injury? I, I just, you know, like, the, the corner's the one spot where I'm like, if they could just kind of get like a steady, another steady piece there, I would feel better about them defensively. Yeah. Um, we have the Buffalo Bills, who you mentioned before. I yep. mean, I, I think the Bills need a lot of stuff. I mean, the Bills yeah. need, they need to Off get rid of Kyrie. corner. Yep. They need to get rid of Kyrie Lim, which I think they might. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, if I'm the Bills, I might call Caroline and see, would you deal me Dante Jackson for Elam straight up? Yeah. Because Jackson's got like a relatively big contract, but you can absorb it. You can find ways to play games with the salary cap on that. And you give the Panthers another guy who would be a reclamation project like C.J. Henderson was for them, you know, who's got some talent. I I, I think the other position Buffalo's got to look at is off-ball linebacker. Um, they really miss Matt Milano, <laughs> you know. So, again, do you call Denver on Josie Jewell? Do you call... Um, do you call Minnesota on Jordan Hicks? Like, I think you, I think if, if I'm Buffalo, I want to, I want to see if I can add another off ball linebacker to the mix. Another team that we're looking at here, the Jaguars. I mean, if you want to be considered class of the NF or the AFC, you probably got to make some moves here. I think that pass rusher makes a lot of sense for them because then all of a sudden you can let Trayvon Walker do what he's better at, which I think is being everywhere instead of right now, he's just sort of fledgling a little bit. So they did have some talks with Jacksonville and have had some talks with Jacksonville or um, with Minnesota about Daniel Hunter. Um, He would be an interesting name for me. You mentioned Uche earlier, I believe, right? Like I like him. I like him in Jacksonville. Josh Uche would be an interesting fit there, but I'm with you. Like, I think, I think they're close enough where it's like, if you can add, 
a pressure player on defense, um, you, know, you feel pretty good about where you are going into the AFC playoffs. They're six and two now, I believe, right? Yeah, because so, you can't you can't do nothing, right? right? I mean, if you're them, you can't you can't do nothing, and so I think that because you 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 gotta you got to show them too that, Hey, we're, we're all in with you guys. I yep. mean, we went on the big winning streak. We're ripping off these games. Now it's time to win some games. The chiefs are another one where like, everyone's like, when are they going to get the wide receiver? I don't know if they ever will, but you know, you lose to the Broncos on Sunday because Patrick Mahomes just can't find a guy to throw through to. And when Travis yeah. Kelsey's bot- bottled up, there's no one else in that offense that he trusts. Yeah. I feel like they, um, it's really, they're banking on the development of sky Moore and Rashi rice now. And those are two guys in, de- in, their, in their defense that they've invested pretty high in draft capital in, like, you know, second round picks each of the last two years. And they really need those guys to come along. And so to me, like, if I'm the Chiefs, my thought right now is I have to be really honest with myself about where those two players are. And I think that that, that dictates where you're going, right? Because you know what you have. And Valdez Scantling, you know what you have in Hardman coming back, and he had the big turnover yesterday. But um, you have to be honest with yourself about those young guys and whether or not those young guys are going to be in a position to help you like you th- like you thought they would be um, when you get to January. Yeah, um, Cleveland is another one where you you have to you have to come up with some sort of plan. Your whole everything hinged on you winning now. This was supposed to be the year. The defense is a top five unit, even though I think that they're kind of they've taken a step back in the last couple of weeks, and they've mm-hmm. and teams have figured out how to. They're score still on really them, good. They're still really good, though. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I, do you allow? Um, and you can tell my dog, my terrier Ernie. He he agrees with me. Um, he was a one time member of the dog pound. Do you, <laughs> can you tell, or can you look at yourself and be like, eh, Deshaun will be fine when he gets back, or? We can still win games with PJ Walker. So are you I mean, saying like you trade to get Jacoby Brissett back? Yeah, or Josh Dobbs. Like if yeah. Kyler Murray's healthy, you know, mm-hmm. just give him give him the pick back. You know, right. pretend it never happened. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like you basically like what would that be like an eight game rental? Yeah, I like the idea of Brissett going back there because I think Brissett to me had such valuable experience last year navigating a really tricky situation and being able to get himself through what I mean was thorny in a million different ways. And if you remember, like part of that is because he was there in new England during Brady's suspension and how weird that was in that quarterback room, you know? So this is a guy who's a really, you know, good, I think borderline starting level quarterback, like probably just below that line, but a guy who, has instant respect in your locker room because he was there last year and has navigated tricky, tricky situations in the past and knows the way a locker room works. So he's going to have like the emotional intelligence to make sure that he's not screwing anything up when it comes to Deshaun Watson as he goes and does his job. And so I, I wasn't huge on this a couple of weeks ago, but as the Watson situation has kind of gotten weirder and weirder, it makes sense to me to go and get Brissett back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Another couple teams here that I think should at least think about doing something, and I'll just run down them quick. Ravens, I would like them to get a back and another pass rusher. I mean, Jadevian Clowney's played really well, but he's 30, and, you know, I don't know if Daniel Hunter... Derrick Henry in Baltimore is fun to think about. Derrick Henry and Daniel Hunter, and then punch your ticket to Vegas. Yeah, Don't even think about it. The Daniel Hunter thing would have, like... Getting him traded from um, from Minnesota to Baltimore would div- definitely give you some Yannick Ngakwe vibes from sure. a couple of years ago. You know, yeah, um, yeah. He I mean, to Daniel keep Hunter's purple stuff. Yeah, Daniel Hunter would really fit there. You know, so and again, like the Ravens love those third contract veterans where you know what you're going to get. You know, so I wouldn't rule out the idea that they could re-sign somebody like that and make him part of. You know, their new core with, you know, Roquan Smith and, and Marlon Humphrey and all of those guys. And so, um, yeah, I love the idea of Hunter there. Henry is probably a pipe dream, but it's fun to think about. <laughs> you know, like the idea of Lamar Jackson and, and Derrick Henry standing next to each other in the backfield. The same way we talked about the idea of Josh Allen and Saquon Barkley standing next to each other. For sure. Um, 49ers, I mean, you know, I think tackle help, pass rush help, Seahawks, Eagles, Cowboys, Lions, um, all these teams uh, should uh, to some yeah. degree be interested in in adding on just because I do think that there's going to the, be such a there's going to be such a grab here and maybe one or two teams only get what they need to get out of the trade deadline and everybody else is left a, a, a cut below. So the Lions and Seahawks have already sniffed around for pass rush help. I, I wouldn't be surprised if either of those teams like either of those teams could be a home for like an Uche, you know. Hunter would be a great fit in Detroit too. I just don't know if the the Vikings would trade him in division. Though, although those two teams they traded have Hawkinson, done a bunch yeah. of deals, mm-hmm. you know, like they did the Jamison Williams deal, they did the T.J. Hawkinson deal. So there's some history there. Um, I just think the Eagles could take another swing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just think Howie has a swing in him, and I, as well as they played, and what's so impressive about where the Eagles are is that they've taken everybody's best shot in their 7-1. It feels like they're everybody's Super Bowl now, and every one of those games is like a really high-leverage, high-intensity game, and they're surviving that every week. Like, I I just think, like, Howie could sense, like, hey, we're close again, you know, and take a big swing. If it's not a big swing, though, I could, again, I think they'd be in the off-ball linebacker market. So do they go and get a Josie Jewell from Denver or bring back Jordan Hicks, you know, who had been there all those years ago from Minnesota. Like, I think a move like that would make sense for the same reason going and getting Kevin Byard last week made sense for them. I think there are two biggest holes um, on that roster where an off ball linebacker and safety where they lost guys like TJ Edwards and CJ Gardner Johnson last year. Real quick, uh, this there was games uh, yesterday. Uh, yes, there were. Uh, there, there was some football. Um, what was sort of the your... The Bengals are back at it, Connor. Yeah. It turns out, <laughs> a- avid readers of the power rankings that were saying that I was out of my GD mind for putting them ahead of the Lions. Turns out, I you know, uh, yeah, the Bengals are pretty good. And not just They're... because I'm, I'm a newly christened Bengals fan. You know, after, I, I... after all that, it's Halloween. And the Bengals are one game in the loss column out of the lead for the top seed in the AFC. How about that? Yeah. Just like, you know, there are some times when if you're going to, if you're going to yell at the guy doing the power rankings, just, just think about it for a Cut second. This is a long season. <laughs> power rankings are hard too, by the way. This is uh, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm not, I'm not breaking stone here every day, but I'm just saying power rankings are tough work. I, so. I know they are. I can remember like, you know, like what's hard isn't like the top six. Doing like the top six, the top eight is kind of fun. You know what I mean? Like feels like an AP ballot almost. 
Yeah, but like what's 26? hard, what's hard is when you, what's hard is like when you get down to like twenty, like like parsing twenty three from twenty four. Yeah, and it's like you know someone is going to get massively offended by that dumb decision. So, but well, like, the giant should be giant should be twenty eight, you know, instead of twenty nine or thirty. It's like just find something how else dare to do you put life. the cardinals in front of the broncos yeah it's like you know i don't know sometimes i do this blindfolded some no i'm just kidding um but yeah it turns out the Bengals are all right um that was that was a big takeaway um i, I thought I, joe burrow looked looked like joe burrow like i think I it's know. like full-on joe burrow and now like i don't know man like you know you watch josh allen the other night and you can see all right, like once Kincaid gets going and if they can get Gabe Davis going again, like, I mean, is it going to be the three quarterback? And I know like Mahomes didn't look great on Sunday against the um, against the Broncos, but are we at a point again where it's going to be those three quarterbacks again in the AFC, you know, yeah. and those yeah. three teams again in the AFC? Um, I think like Jacksonville is like kind of a sneaky team that could like break into that club, but – it does look like as we start to gather more information here, like Buffalo and Kansas City and, and Cincinnati are going to be, probably be right back where they were the last two years. Chargers look good. Austin Eckler's back. All of a sudden, that offense makes some sense. Um, again, did the, the, uh, did the clock strike midnight for Tyson Bajant? Mm, I think the clock struck midnight for, for Tyson Bajan's dad. I think that's it for him. The, yeah. the, the arm wrestling guy. He he got a lot of love and well deserved. What a great dad. Oh yeah. Um, you know, uh, but that that was probably and good for him. I mean, it's a dad that's all you hope for, right? Is yep. is like one feature, one NFL films feature on you. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, Forty ers losers of three straight. Just think they need offensive. You know, they need to get back healthy on the offensive line. Um, Ravens beat the Cardinals thirty-one to twenty-four. The Broncos. You know. It was a great game. Again, you take away Travis Kelsey, and all of a sudden, things yeah. kind of open up, and you force Travis, Kel- you know, you force Patrick Mahomes to trust some other guys. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, a defense gave up seventy points is holding the Chiefs to nine. The world, which makes is no like sense. to me, is like the ultimate like don't pay attention to anything that happens in September thing. Yes, <laughs> right. Like, I mean, if we need any more evidence of what happens in September means nothing. Because of the changes in practice time, because of the changes of con- changes in contact in practice, because it just takes the best teams longer to get their sea legs. Like there it is for you. Like the Broncos look like a totally different team. Like like Vance Joseph was being laughed out of a job a month ago, and now he holds Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs out of the end zone for an entire game. Again. Nothing makes sense. Um, in, I will uh, say too, like you, you take a lot of criticism for the power rankings. I, uh, I took a lot of hits for my take yesterday that uh, the weather could create a, could be a factor in in, in generating a uh, uh, Broncos Chiefs upset, and lots of people from Kansas City. Did you pick through it? the through the Have you ever been to Missouri in the winter before? At me, did and you pick it? I didn't pick it, but I oh. said it. Under, yeah, I wish I had picked it. Oh man, then you wouldn't be in one of those dumb tweets that the Bron- the so very quickly and then uh we have one or two more games to talk about here but very quickly, you know, I was again subject of a uh a, a drive-by from the Ravens social media account when they said that I picked against the Ravens last week and they made fun of me even though I didn't pick against the Ravens. This week, the Broncos did the thing where they were like, "We see all you guys NFL <laughs> network, you didn't pick us." <laughs> if you picked the Broncos to win that game, you were high. Like there's just, there's no reason. And I was happy that, I mean, some of the account were like sicko fans who I'm pretty sure were just like Sean Payton's burner accounts being like, yeah, nobody believed in us. Uh, Kyle Brandt. You were nobody believed t- in you because it's because the dolphins dropped 70 on you five yeah, minutes nobody ago. Nobody believed in you because <laughs> Russell Wilson is your quarterback and you were one of the five worst teams in the NFL and you're playing the chiefs. Like there is no reason if the spread is not involved to pick against the Kansas city chiefs. Like I'm, there are selective upsets and Lord knows I've picked more upsets than anybody in the MMQB uh, by double. I think this season in our staff picks, but selecting the Broncos there, you're just either being a jerk to be a jerk on purpose 
you let your kids do it, which I've done sometimes. I let my kids pick sometimes. Just, I'm, I'm not going to lie. They like it. They think it's very fun. Or, y- y- you know, you're just, I don't know, you grew up a Broncos fan and you think yep. that there's like something fun about this. But I, I am, I might write about this. Or you're, a close personal, this. or you're a close personal friend of Sean Payton. Yeah, you're in, you're in that Lululemon uh, commercial with Sean Payton and uh, talking about the, uh, talking about the athletic pants. Anyway. Yeah, I, I still can't get over how, again, I think we talked about this last week, but how all these coaches are intentionally bland and intentionally say nothing. And they will legitimately like fine assistant coaches or players for saying anything interesting. And yet on the other side of it, you've got these social media accounts, which are like for some people, the front door to these NFL teams. And they just hand it over to some 23 year old and say, Oh yeah, go nuts and talk crap about everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> It says a lot like, about where we are in the world. Does that make any sense? It does. It, 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 well, it doesn't, but it says a lot about the uh, the world as it is today. Um, Panthers get their first win, 15-13. Bryce Young, 235 yards and a touchdown, gets his first W mm-hmm. as an NFL quarterback because he said the Eagles hang on and beat the Commanders, even though I thought the Commanders looked really good. Jacksonville beat the Steelers, which was a huge win, I think, for the Jaguars because Steelers are kind of that ultimate trap game. Another still... Jim Cantori special there, too. Another the Jim Cantori special. On the, uh, on the sidelines. Travis Etienne has looked great kind of the, fulfilled the promise there. Dolphins beat the Patriots 31-17. Saints over the Colts 38-27. Again, another one of these weird sneaky teams where they keep bothering people, keep pulling people in. If they get into the playoffs, I think that they might cause some damage. Um, Titans over the Falcons. Will Levis look baller. I mean... Uh, oh my God, yeah. Where'd that come from? Hot damn. I mean, and, and for I'm a like guy... Excited. Like he plays Thursday night. I'm excited to sit down and watch Will Levis on Thursday night. I know. This is... This is good. It's yeah. almost like the NFL planned it that way. Very suspicious. Um, yeah. Vikings we know over the Packers. We, we, we see you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> we know what you're Stop up to. Stop spying on me. Um, the Vikings over the Packers, 24-10. <laughs> Cowboys blow out the Rams, 43-20. And then the Jets win the Snoopy Bowl, which was just an awesome game. Like it oh, was Zach Wilson coming. It's like Zach Wilson's like, that's his thing now. Is to like that's his legacy drive. It's like to lie in the weeds for three and a half quarters and then all of a sudden come to out take and make three sack, huge throws. <laughs> to take a sack like he did and then to come back and then go even further in a tighter situation. What did they say to him on the sideline? That just and then made all of him- a sudden he throws two BBs. Like one right down Main Street to Garrett Wilson. The other one across his body to Alan Lazard. And then he gets to the team to the line and spikes it. Like they're like, I talked to him after the game. They were like four seconds behind their rules. Like the rules were like, we have to get down with 12 seconds to go. Like with eight seconds to go, Dory Jackson's still lying on Alan Lazard. Like, so, so I don't know. I mean, somehow they're keeping this thing alive. And I give Robert Sala an extension right now because that's what I said last week. You could have had it cheaper, Woody Johnson. You could have done it when I told you to. Now it's going to cost you an extra couple million dollars. Yeah. Man, oh, man. That game fired me up, though. And I did like that the Jersey Shore zone, Tommy DeVito, made an appearance. I, Um, I, I I I do have a question. Does the Snoopy Trophy change hands in a regular season game or is. I don't know. That only for the preseason game. Trophy. That should be something huh? as a former Jets and Giants beat writer that I should know. I'm very ashamed. I, I'm actually going to ask about that. Because I don't I'm, know, like, because I know, like, it's always for the preseason game. It's there. So does it actually change hands for the regular season game? I'm going to get some clarity on that. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do It's very disappointing to, like, walk into, like, the Giants facility and see the four Lombardi trophies up there and the Snoopy trophy doesn't get that kind of run, you know? I know. Yeah. It's uh they, well, they keep it in a special place. You yeah. Know? It's uh it, it's, it's one of those things. Um, up Albert, in John Mara's office. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right next to the, right on the big, le- right next to the big leather sofa overlooking the practice field. Um, Thanks as always, uh, Albert. We've got a lot of work to do now over the next couple of days and NFL GMs. I'm going to let you guys know, you know, we got some working parents here covering the NFL on both sides of the aisle. We got, we got, Halloween. we got Halloween parade tomorrow at the elementary school. We got trick or treating. We're starting right around four. Okay. So if you're going to do some deals, let's get them done. 
Uh, let's not draw this thing out until the deadline. You can make, you know, everyone has a cell phone, so let's help us out. And uh, be sure to tune in to the Matt and Gilberto show on Thursday, which is great. And leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help other people find the show. Helps us know how we can do better. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next week. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 